Yay, yay, yay. How many of you guys are excited about Jesus? Yeah. All right, the girls are excited. How many of you guys, literally gentlemen over here, how many of you guys are excited about Jesus? We'll work on that. That's good. I take what I got. That's good. So we are in a sermon series called The Elephant in the Room. Tonight is part two, and obviously we got a huge elephant in the room, and that's part of our sermon series to kind of remind you guys, well, that we're talking about the elephant in the room. Now, in case you don't know what that means, let me just kind of recap a little bit of what we talked about last week, because I think many of you guys were not here. So I'm going to kind of catch you up, and then we're going to dive right into what we're going to be talking about today, which is part number two. And part number two is called hashtag no filter. But last week, we talked about hashtag untangling love. And we talked about first on kind of defining what this actually means when someone says the elephant in the room. It is an English metaphorical idiom. For an obvious problem or risk no one wants to discuss or a condition of group thing no one wants to challenge. So we talked about the fact, hey, we in 5979, we like challenging things. We like to talk about things that no one else talks about. And so we decided in this, we're going to talk about relationships, love, and sex. So it's going to be lots of kind of fun, and we're going to talk about these different things. And last week, we talked about what is love. And we defined love in a couple of different ways. And the first thing was that we talked about what is love from a secular kind of view. What would people say if you asked them in the world, okay, define love for me. And we kind of talked about the fact that it would be love equals, if you do a one-word definition, love equals pleasure. That's what the world would say because it's all about you. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. And love, really, when I say I love you, it's really about what you can give me. It's all about oneself. Now, that is not a good definition of love. And we talked about this. And then we said, let's look at the Bible and see what the Bible says about what love literally means. And we looked at this in a couple of verses. And if it was a one word to describe love, we talked about love equals sacrifice. That is a sacrificial kind of love, and we looked at four different Greek works, especially at two of them, and defined that. So if you didn't uh, hear this last week, you can go online, I think, and listen to it, but that's kind of what we did. Tonight, we want to talk about hashtag no filter. Everybody say hashtag no filter. So we're going to talk about this and kind of talk about the whole idea of what do you do now that you know what love is supposed to be? What do you do when love comes knocking at your door? What happens? What do you do with that? Because that can be really confusing. And so we want to talk about this a little bit tonight and have some fun with this. So what to do with love is our question tonight. Let's go ahead and pray, and then we're going to talk about it. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you love us so much, that you have a plan for our lives. And Father, we just ask right now that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, I declare my dependence upon you. I ask that you remove me from behind the pulpit and that my words will be yours tonight. Speak to us tonight. Change our lives. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. So now love has come knocking at your door, which I'm going to put on these awesome glasses because love came knocking on my door, right? This is pretty cool, right? You like these? See, if I were to run around like that outside, I think people would just, you know, anyway, it's just weird. But for here, it's okay. So, Brandy, you want to take a picture right now? This would be great. No, I'm kidding. Please don't. So it's not actually what we want. So I'm going to put these glasses on because when we kind of fall in love, we, we think strangely at times, don't we? And so, no, please don't. Um, no, I'll do it for my wife. Um, and so what I want to talk about is what do we do again when love comes knocking? I think the answer is very simple, that when love comes to your door, 
you need to make sure that you have certain filters in place. So I put this on your handout. Is this going to be distracting? Like, okay, no, okay. So I'm going to take this off. Maybe I'll have one of you guys just stand here and like wear it. Um, I figured, I figured. So here's your fill-in. When it comes to what do you do with love, love needs a filter. Let me define what I mean by that. Love needs a filter. What is a filter anyway? A filter is defined as a porous device for removing impurity or solid particles from liquid, or a filter could also be, and there's many more than this, of course, but I just have two, a software for sorting or blocking access to certain online materials. So a filter is something that removes impurity or blocks something. In other words, it helps you to be safe. Does that make sense? So a filter is there to be for safety. We use filters all the time, don't we? I mean, think about it. I have a fridge. How many of you guys have a fridge in your house? How many of you guys have one of those cool fridges where water comes out when you, you know, go to the certain spot where the water is supposed to come out? Yeah. That usually means that water is what? It's filtered. There's a filter in your fridge, and your parents are supposed to switch this out every, you know, three to four months. And if you have a fridge like mine, it just starts beeping and telling you, you need to replace the filter. And why do we have a filter in there? Because we want the water to be clean and pure. It takes out all the impurities. If you are like me, when you watch movies, you use something like maybe Clearplay or VidAngel. Hopefully it comes back on because right now they're shut down, but that's a whole different sermon or story of itself. Why do I use services like that? Because I want to filter out some impurity in some of the movies that are out there because you guys know this. Movies can be pretty bad, right? I mean, there can be some language in it. There can be some sexual stuff in it, and I just don't want that. So I use a filter to make sure that I get the pure version. You guys are sitting in a room right now and the AC is going on. Guess what? There's a filter in the AC that filters out the air to make sure that it gets all the impurities out. We use filters all the time. Coffee, for example. They use a filter to, to make coffee. Do you guys know that? I actually have a couple of coffee filters right here. So, um, how many of you guys like coffee? Woo! I hate coffee. Coffee is disgusting. But for all you guys that like coffee, this is great. So, they use a filter. Why do we use a filter when we brew coffee? Because no one wants all the coffee beans in their coffee, right? Unless you maybe like that, I don't know. But we use a filter for all kinds of stuff. Not just do we use filters for things like that, but we actually use filters even, for example, in our friendships. Think about it for a moment. You have certain filters, and if a certain person does not pass these filters, they will not be your friend. For me, as someone that sometimes hires people for the job here at Liberty Church, for example, we hired Pastor Tony, and Pastor Tony had to go through a couple of filters, and he passed, which is a good thing, and we hired him, but if he wouldn't have, we would have said, you know what, you, you didn't make it through the filters, but he did, so it's good, so good for him. <laughs> When it comes to futuristically, you going to college, guess what? You're going to have a filter. You're going to filter out certain colleges. So we all use filters in all different areas of our life. And my suggestion to you tonight is this. When it comes to love, you should have a filter. But the question is, what kind of filter should you have? And that's what we want to do tonight. We want to kind of look at the kind of filter we should have. When it comes to love, we should have a filter that we use to ensure that we protect our love life and our future. How many of you guys agree with that statement? Okay, most of you guys, hopefully, if you don't yet, by the end of the sermon, you will. So what 
are the filters. Let me give you three tonight, three filters that I think you should have. And let me tell you this up front. You should have these filters before you fall in love. Because if you try to kind of establish filters after you fall in love, it's over. You know why? Because you have these glasses on and you can't see properly anymore. And you look kind of funny anyway. So it's just you need to have these filters beforehand. Three filters. Filter number one on your handout, you need to have this filter again. Any kind of person that you're interested in needs to be filtered through all three filters. So here's the first filter. Filter number one is the Word of God. That's got to be your, obviously, your filter that you have to have. When it comes to a person that you're interested in, he or she's got to be filtered through the Word of God. What does that mean? Let me talk about a couple of things here. There, you need, under there, the, the Word of God gives you a moral code. It gives you something that can guide you morally, and that's really important, especially in the culture that we live in today. Let me show you what I mean. In Genesis, where God talks about kind of the whole idea of marriage, he says this in Genesis 18, 2, 18, says this, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable. Everybody say suitable. That's important because that means that they're suitable for the other person. Out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. I'm going to read on a couple more verses. Then the man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a suitable helper for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. And then he took one of his ribs and he closed up the flesh at that place. That would have been a really cool way to be part of that. That would have looked like opening up, taking out, making something. That's pretty cool. The Lord God fashioned it into a woman, the rib which he had taken from the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed." Now, it's very clear here that it says God designed marriage, and it's supposed to be a man and a woman. There's no way, biblically speaking, that you can make it any other way but man and woman. And I want to make this very clear because I know we live in a world where this is definitely something that culture will tell you that is not the way it is. It's interesting to me because, you know, this right here is a picture of the church and our relationship with Jesus. In the New Testament, it talks about that we're the bride and he's the bridegroom. Um, and it does not surprise me at all that Satan will attack a picture that is supposed to be of Jesus and trying to pervert it and make it into something that it's not supposed to be. Now, I'm aware that this is not a popular stance to take and that people will tell you that this is not the way it is, but I believe in the Word of God. I stand on the Word of God, and when the Word of God says something... I agree with it. So I don't know whether you are like that, but that's where I am. And I want to read something to you guys. Our morals are not defined by the standards or the culture of the day, but they are defined by the never-changing words of God. Our morals should not be defined by the culture. Because if we do that, then our morals change every couple of years, potentially, or every couple of generations, or every generation. It just changes. We need to be careful. Our morals are always based on the Word of God. Are you guys with me on that? Yes. Now, let me say something else. I'm aware of the time that we live in. I'm aware of same-sex attraction and all these different things that are going on. I want to kind of make a couple of things here, and I don't go kind of heavy on you. You probably didn't expect this, but that's okay. I want to go somewhere here, and, and I think this is really important. If you are dealing with same-sex attraction, if there's something that is in you, I want you to know that we are here for you. 
you're not an outcast. We're not going to look at you any kind of strange way because we all have things that we deal with. We all have things that we struggle in. If you were to look and open up all of our lives, we all have some issues, don't we? Every one of us. They may not be like yours, but they're different. We all have issues. And I want to tell you that, hey, we are here for you guys. We're here to talk and help you, to guide you. And I think this is really important that we address the elephant in the room, especially when it comes to this, because this is not something you want to talk about in church. But I know we talk about it in school all the time. And I think the pulpit needs to be there for it to be talked about as well when we talk about same-sex attraction, homosexuality, and everything else going on in the world. Now, if that's you, we would love to talk with you and, and just kind of chat and everything, hear your heart, so please take us up on that. That would be great. We'd be honored to chat with you or any other things that you may have in your life. Now, if you've been watching TV a lot, and most of us do, the average person apparently watches five hours of TV uh, every day, which is a lot, but for most of you guys that might be true, then you have been listening to a lot of propaganda and different things when it comes to homosexuality and the LGTB community. And that is that they will tell you that this is scientifically proven People are born this way, and they go on and on and on, and even college, they will tell this is all scientifically proven. Can I offer you a counterpoint that is also scientific, actually more scientific than what they tell you? Is that okay with you guys? I want to read you something from a guy by the name of Lawrence Meyer, and he's a scholar in residence in the Department of Psychiatry at the John Hopkins University. He's not a Christian. He's in favor of the LGBT community, but he's a scientist first. And so I want to read this to you because I think this is very interesting when it comes to the argument that is out there. This is from a special report right here, and it came out. Anybody can download this online on the Internet. And it says, uh, sexuality and gender, findings from the biological, psychological, and social sciences. And his whole opening line in this is this. This is about science and medicine. Nothing more and nothing less. Not a Christian, again, in favor of the whole community, but here's what he says. Let me read you a couple of things. The understanding of sexual orientation as an innate biologically fixed property of human beings, the idea that people are born that way is not supported by scientific evidence. He's one of the leading guys in the world in this field. Again, this is science. Somebody will tell you, well, scientifically, this is the way it is. It's not true. It is not scientifically proven. Are you guys with me on that? Should I read you guys a couple more thoughts here? There is, um, let me see whether I got the right one here. The notion that a two-year-old having expressed thoughts or behaviors identified with the opposite sex can be labeled for life as a transgender has absolutely no support in science. And he goes on and on and on about born this way, the twin study, and all these different things and saying, and again, he's in favor. He's very clearly saying, hey, I want to support them. There's some issues going on in this community, and he wants to help them. But he's saying, none of this is science. Okay? So I need you guys to understand that. This is not science. Here's the problem that we have with uh, school systems, sometimes the, the colleges, maybe even sometimes churches. When someone comes to you, and they are very well um, read, they're sophisticated, and they give you an argument that sounds really smart, most of us just take it and believe it, right? And we have to, good for you, we have to be careful not to. Just because they sound right, just because it sounds scientific, doesn't make it true. Is that okay with you guys? Yeah. 
I know it's really quiet in here, so we're going to change it up a little bit. So the filter of God, the filter, uh, the word of God is the number one filter. And so how do you filter your person through that that you're interested in? Number one, you look at them, are they Christ-honoring and Christ-loving? And if they make the filter, that's good. They made the first one. And then the, ob the obvious one that we just talked about, they should be of the opposite sex. If they're not, this is not an option according to the word of God. Now then there's a second thing under the word of God that gives you, gives you also a purity code. In 1 Timothy 4.12, it says this, Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself as an example to those who believe. Again, when it comes to this, God bless you. When it comes to this, there needs to be a filter for purity. And I got a couple of thoughts for you when it comes to this. Again, this is when love comes knocking at your door. Thought number one is this. If you can put it up in the PowerPoint for me so I can read it. Never be alone in a private place. That will be the one thing that you should do. If that other person is not okay with that rule, they are not making the filter. Because guess what? You are not strong enough. You are not that godly. <laughs> I know you think you are, and I, I think you are, but I, I tell you, there's just something that happens when you're alone with someone else from the opposite sex, and you're in love with them because you have your glasses on, just stuff happens. So never be alone with someone in a private place. Another thing that I would love uh, for you guys to do, and as a filter on how you do this, if you can put it up there. I'm kind of relying on you on the PowerPoint back there. Do not do anything that you would not be willing to do in front of both sets of parents. When it comes to the purity and your relationship, this should be your filter. And let me tell you, I think most of us would not be making out in front of our parents, right? I mean, I don't even do that as a married person. That's just awkward in general. So if you want to have a good filter, this would be a really good thing. How can we stay pure? What's our filter? That would be one of making sure that we don't do anything that we wouldn't be okay with doing in front of both sets uh, of parents. Another good filter that you can use is our senior pastor has written uh, a great book, and some of you guys have heard about this already. And actually, our sermon series is kind of based a little bit on this book, actually a lot, and that is God Loves Sex. This would be a great one to give to the potential future date that you have, and you can say, hey, why don't you read this with me? And then you can use it as a filter. And I promise you, if you want to stay pure and not kind of mess up in different things before marriage, this would filter out a lot of people. This would help you a ton in your, in your walk. So I'm, I'm going to encourage you guys to kind of pick this up. We got some here. As a matter of fact, there's some really good stuff at the end that kind of helps you understand uh, some medical stuff on why it is smart and wise to uh, be abstinent and to actually wait for marriage to have sex. And honestly, guys, it's worth it. It's worth the wait. And, and sex is awesome and everything. I know we're in junior high here. But if you wait, it will be sweeter. I can promise you that. My wife and I, we waited, and it was worth it. And I want you guys to have the same kind of experience. Another thing that this filter gives you is it gives you a true definition of love. We already did that last week. Filter number two. Everybody say filter number two. Filter number two, when you're interested and when love comes knocking at your door, you will use this filter, and that filter is your parents. This would be a great place to say amen. amen. And here's why. I know you don't want to hear this, but here's why. Um, this is a great filter. Your parents love you more than anybody else, and they know you better than anybody else. And they can tell you usually whether that person is a good fit for you or not, and they can usually see stuff that you can't see. And I believe your parents should be involved in all of your relationships, not just your romantic ones, but also your friends. I remember so many times when uh, there were certain friends in my life that I did not want my parents to meet because I knew my parents wouldn't approve. 
And I knew why my parents wouldn't approve because I knew what they were doing, my parents knew what they were doing, and my parents knew that eventually I would be doing what they were doing, which is exactly what happens. I think parents should be involved in all of our relationships because I think they can give you a lot of stuff and safety in that, and they're a wonderful, wonderful filter. As a matter of fact, coming back to the book, I would love for you guys to read that with your parents. Take the book and process that through with your parents. Your parents would be very um, excited about that, I think, because it, you can talk with them about some stuff that, yes, I know is awkward, but it's going to be a really good discussion. Number two under there, another filter under parents. You can also obviously have your spiritual leadership. Any of our small group leaders, myself, PM, we're here for you guys. Everybody look at me for a second. If you have a problem or an issue or working through something, PM and myself, we're here for you guys. Our staff is here for you. Pastor Tommy, Pastor Tony, everybody that's here, Mr. Lear, Mr. Jeremy, our small group leaders, we are here for you guys. We love you guys, we love youth ministry, we love young people, and when you have something, we would be honored to walk through with you and give you some wisdom and some counsel and some guidance. So please take us up on that. Our doors are always open, our phones are available to you guys, we have email, we have text, we have Facebook, we do it all. You can contact us if you really want to, and it would be lots and lots of fun. And you know what, when you contact us, usually what happens, we usually take you out for a meal, and it's on us. So that's pretty cool too, right? Yeah. Okay. Taco Bell? Okay, good. I usually do. Actually, if you... If you Mr. Leo ever takes you out, don't even offer him anything. He will take you to Chick-fil-A, just that's the only option you got. So if you like that, then Mr. Leo is, is the person to take you out. And obviously, we take out guys, guys, and girls, girls. So just making sure that you understand that as well. Filter number three. Everybody say filter number three. Is common sense. So you have the word of God, you have your parents, and you have common sense. See, that's the problem though, isn't it? When we have no filters beforehand, this thing messes with our common sense, doesn't it? We put it on, we love everybody and love everything about the person, we don't say anything. Let me give you a couple of thoughts on common sense when it comes to filtering. Uh, one would be H. Um, you kind of should use that as common sense. PowerPoint, please stay with me. Um, H, number one there. It's not coming. All right. Did it crash on us? There it is. All right. And what I mean by that is this. Number one, obviously, if you're 11, 12, 13 right now, you are probably not ready to date. Let's just say it that way. So I am not a proponent of dating when you're this young. My daughter is not going to date. She's going to date me, and we're going to go on dates, but she's not going to date any gentleman. So once she is in here, and you know, I guess people are going to be really scared anyway to ever ask her out on a date, even when she's 16 or 17, but that's okay. Um, so, and you know what, if you are 15 and he is 25, that's obviously also a no-brainer. Use your common sense, that's not going to work. Another thing that you want to kind of use in common sense is your upbringing. How did you get brought up and how did your other person get? There, there's some things sometimes that you need to think through when it comes to upbringing. Another one would be uh, cultural differences. Now, we're all about multicultural marriages and different things like that and, and, and multi-national you know, like national marriages, whatever you want to call that, which would be my wife and I. I was born and raised in Germany. My wife was born and raised in America. We have some cultural differences, and you need to make sure that you are aware of that before you get in the relationship because you may not like some of the differences, and there might be some fighting points, and you really need to make sure that you think this through. Another one would be IQ. Use your common sense to figure out, do you want someone that's smart or do you want someone that's not so smart? I mean, seriously, like, I, that was one of my things on my list. I want to make sure that the person I married was smart. I didn't want to have someone that was dumb. For, that's, that sounds terrible, but you know, anyway, I wanted someone, and I got someone. She's very smart, so my wife is brilliant. Another one would be callings, visions, dreams, and aspirations. You want to kind of know what you want to do and what the other person 
Don't just look at him and say he's cute or she's cute or she's sexy or whatever it is and then be like, oh, I love her. You need to think through this. Like, this is really important. Another thing that you could do is DISC, love languages, gifts. You can think through all these and use them as filters to make sure that that person is the right person. And then also past relationships. If that person has been in a lot of relationships and they kind of left a, a, kind of like a trail of people behind them, they might not be the right person for you. So you need to be careful. And again, why all of this? See, if you have a filter, you can save yourself a lot of pain and a lot of heartache. And then when you look back at your teenage years, when you're married, when you're like 37 like me, um, and you look back and you, you did it in a good way, then you can look back and say, you know what? I have no regrets in that. I, I did it the right way. And that's what we want for you guys. So when love comes knocking on your door, and it will, use these filters to help you, guide you through the Word of God, your parents, and definitely common sense. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that as we kind of go in a time of ministry and a couple of questions here and there, Father, that you just um, work on our hearts uh, right now. I want to kind of ask with your um, eyes closed, and um, there might be someone in here or a couple of you guys here tonight that you, I know we're young and we're 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 in junior high, but um, you may have already gone down some path and, and you've done some stuff because you didn't have filters in place. And tonight you recognize and realize, you know what, I, I need to put these filters in place. I need to stop what I'm doing. There's some things going on in the relationship that I'm in right now and, and I, I need to get back to the Word of God. And if that's you tonight, would you put your hand up saying, hey, that's me, I want to kind of get right in that area? Awesome. Anybody else? You can put it right back down. Thank you, guys. You can put it back down. Anybody else? Nobody else looking around? Awesome. Let me pray over those really quick. Heavenly Father, you saw the hands raised, and uh, we just, when we come before you, you are amazing to forgive and make us clean again. So, Father, we lay down at the altar our relationships, and we ask you to be the master of them all. In Jesus' name we pray. Others of you guys, you are here, and you realize that you need to put these filters in your life. The Word of God, your parents, and common sense before you start falling in love. And you're going to make a commitment tonight to say, that's going to be me. I'm going to commit to put these three filters in my life. If that's you, would you put your hand up high and say, hey, that's, that's going to be me. I'm going to do that. Cool. So proud of you guys. You can put it back down.